Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome. I'm Maryam and I will be your moderator for today's event. I hope everyone is safe and doing well and to those who are sick, may Allah grant you a speedy recovery. So today's discussion will be on Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj, the night and ascension with esteemed guest from Ontario, Dr. Hamid Slimi. Before we begin our program, we will start with Quran recitation and translation by Malik Al-Bushi. Malik is a 15-year-old high school student in 10th grade. He will be reciting from Surah An-Najm, chapter 53. Assalamu alaikum. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Wal-Najmi idha hawa. ما ضل صاحبكم وما غوى وما ينطق عن الهوى إن هو إلا وحي يوحى علمه شديد القوى ذو مرة فاستوى وهو بالأفق الأعلى ثم دنا فتدلى فكان قاب قوسين أو أدنى فأوحى إلى عبده ما أوحى ما كذب الفؤاد ما رأى أفتمارونه على ما يرى ولقد رآه نزلة أخرى عند سدرة المنتهى عندها جنة المأوى إذ يغشى السدرة ما يغشى ما زاغ البصر وما طغى لقد رأى من آيات ربه الكبرى By the stars when it descends, your companion Muhammad has not strayed, nor has he erred, nor does he speak from his own inclination. It is not but a revelation revealed, taught to him by one intense in strength, one of soundness, and he rose to his true form, while he was in a higher part of the horizon. Then he approached and descended, and was at a distance of two bows length or nearer, and he revealed to his servant what he revealed. The heart did not lie about what it saw. So will you dispute with him over what he saw? And he certainly saw him in another descent. At the low tree of the utmost boundary. Near it is the garden of refuge. When they are covered the low tree, that which covered it. The sight of the prophet did not swerve, nor did it transgress its limit. He certainly saw of the greatest signs of his Lord. Jazakallah khair and Malik for that beautiful recitation. So before we get on to the program, I have a couple of announcements from MIA. The first one is about Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa's drawing competition. If you are artistically inclined, join the competition to draw, paint, or sketch a picture of Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. The competition is open to all ages and is a great way to learn about the importance of Al-Aqsa Mosque in Islam. There are two age categories, 11 and under and 12 and up. The prize uh, for first place is a $100 gift card and for second place, it's a $50 gift card. For the younger kids, the gift card will be to Toys R Us and for the older group, the gift card will be to the mall. All entries are due by March 26th. Uh, the second announcement is the virtual uh, mosque is looking for Quran reciters. Please visit the MIA website for information on how to participate and send a short clip of yourself. 
The third announcement is about the Share Your Favorite book. This is an ongoing MIA virtual mosque event. Please send in a short two-minute video to tell us about one of your favorite books and why we should read it. Your video will be shared on MIA's YouTube channel and social media to encourage others to read it. The first video has already been posted, so you can go check that out. And the final announcement is about Al-Aqsa Mosque virtual tour. This tour will feature all the important landmarks related to the Prophet Wasallam's special journey to Jer Jerusalem, and there will be a live Q&A following the tour. And as always, you can visit the MIA website for more information on all the programs. So I looked up Dr. Slimi's resume, and it was so impressive, mashallah, that I had a really hard time shortening it, but here's a little introduction. Imam Dr. Hamid Slimi is a community developer, a teacher, and a spiritual leader who has been serving Muslims in Canada since 1997. He is currently a professor of Islamic studies at the Canadian Centre for Dean Studies and UIN University in Indonesia. In addition to his traditional Islamic degrees, known as Ijaza, he holds two master's degrees with high honours from Morocco and the United States, and a PhD in Islamic law from the UK. Dr. Slimi is the Imam and resident scholar of Sayyid Khadija Center in Mississauga, Ontario, since 2009. He's also the former chairman of the Canadian Council of Imams. Dr. Slimi has been featured by Georgetown University as one of the 500 most influential Muslims in the world from 2008 to 2018 for his community development, interfaith work, and spiritual leadership. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Slimi. Thank you for having me. Jazakumullah khairan. Thank you, Sister Maryam and the viewers from Manitoba. It's a pleasure to join you again virtually. I've been in your masjid, gave khutbah, and I had a wonderful, a couple of wonderful sessions a few years ago. It's a pleasure to be again with you. I know your community is very dynamic, a beautiful community. And alhamdulillah, we're all on this in the same boat, in spite of the fact that we are far apart from each other, uh, distance-wise, but we're in the same boat as Muslims and also as Canadians and as human beings because of this pandemic. Alhamdulillah, um, uh, we start, inshallah, on this topic, and I say, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah. My dear brothers and sisters, uh, we are in the month of Rajab, and usually it is a tradition for Muslims to commemorate this uh, wonderful occasion, uh, an occasion that even literature failed to really uh, describe its beauty. Uh, even Dante and many other, uh, you know, people in the Middle Ages, and they were amazed, and there were even plays trying to, uh, you know, illustrate and talk about it. But there is no better illustration than the ayat in the Quran and the authentic sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam. For the sake of time and for the benefit of everyone, these days knowledge is very accessible and you can easily just type Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj in Arabic or do it in English, Isra Mi'raj, and you'll find all kinds of uh, accounts, especially the tafsir of the very verses that our son here, Malik, read, you know, or the verses about Isra, which are in Surah Al-Isra, chapter number 17. So you can go, inshallah, read from Surah Al-Isra, the tafsir, commentary, or Al-Mi'raj, which talks about in Surah Al-Najm, 
Surah Al-Najm, and you will find a lot of knowledge. That is, inshallah, something accessible to you. We'll touch on some of that in our discussion of this journey. But we want to take lessons uh, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants this Quran to be relevant. And it is very important that we connect the revelation to the reality because Islam will always make a sense to people around us, and especially our children, if we only and only relate them to the revelation and relate the revelation to the reality. The Quran would be irrelevant and the teachings of the Quran would be irrelevant if we do not or if we fail to connect the revelation, al-wahi, to al-waqi'ah, which is the reality of the people. So how does Isra al-Mi'raj affect me, me as a Muslim, me as a Muslim living in a non-Muslim country, of course, maturity non-Muslim, as a minority, me as a Muslim in the 21st century, me as a Muslim in this difficult economical and, of course, uh, in different uh, respects, uh, strange times, and this me as a Muslim, as, as a struggling person trying to establish a family, or being a good son, or being a good daughter, or good being, or trying to be a good husband, or a good wife, or a good, you know, uh, friend, or a good neighbor. So uh, in Isra al-Mi'raj, we find many lessons. So we'll talk about three major lessons, and I want you, inshallah, to remember them, and then maybe seven or eight other lessons. So we'll come up with 10 lessons, inshallah. Those of you who have a pen, uh, inshallah, you can take some of the notes, because this is very important. Uh, uh, so we have Surah Al-Isra, you know, Surah number 17, and Surah Al-Najm. And in Surah Al-Isra, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started with Subhanalladhi asra bi'abdi. The word Subhana, unfortunately, is uh, translated in English most of the time as glory be, glory be to the one or to Allah. But Subhana to give you really the meaning of tasbih is when you wonder how far is Allah from any imperfection. Me as a human being, I am not perfect. Allah is the most perfect. And when you say Subhana means Ta'ala, you meaning Allah is above any imperfection. How far? And I'm wondering about it and thinking, how far is Allah? from any imperfection. That's the meaning of Subhana. Glory be to Allah is around that, but preferably, how far is Allah from any imperfection? This opens up uh, uh, endless possibilities. So this would be understood in the, in the reaction of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, and this would be our lesson number one. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him about, uh, you know, of course, when he heard the news from the Meccans, they said, your friend is saying some impossible things. Do you still believe in him? He said, if he said it, it's true. He is a sadiq He is the truthful one. Al-Masduq, the one who speaks the truth and who, one who's believed. And this is why Sayyidina Abu Bakr became known to us as Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. As-Siddiq is a very high level. 
Of course, some scholars like Ibn Hazm and others add her in the list of the prophets because she is indeed, she received the wahi revelation more than once. Therefore, by definition, anybody who received wahi is a prophet. That's not our topic, but she is a Siddiqa. You know, and Allah mentioned about Idris and Ismail and prophets that they have Siddiq. But Siddiq is a person who has an Iman so firm that cannot be shaken by doubts or impossible things. But remember we said, Subhana, Allah is most perfect. And Allah can do things that we cannot imagine. You know, Allah speaks of Jannah fiha ma'ala ra'at. When I try to explain to my children, or when I was a child, I tried to think of what's Jannah? Do we have tables and clean desks and how? Or it's Allah says, fi fi, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, In Jannah, there is what no eyes have ever has ever seen before. No mind has ever thought before. Uh, and no ear has ever heard before so this is why it is a world allah took nabi from the earthly worldly dimension into another dimension which is not limited by time and space let me just remind you that we in this existence on planet earth we are limited by time and space but when we die, we go out of time and space. Example, Allah. Now it is 5.49 p.m. Eastern time, which is Winnipeg, Manitoba time, 4.49 p.m. How about Allah? What time is with Allah? Hasha lillah. Allah is above any time. Now, I say now, an hour ago, I was in a program Inshallah, an hour from now, I will do fundraising dinner for Muslims with disabilities. But can I say past for Allah and future? Hashanillah. Allah la yahudduhu zamanun wala makan. Allah is not limited by time and space. This is the belief of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah. So as Muslims, we do not say, oh Allah uh, is going to wait for something in the future. This these things is for us under the dimension time and space. So Allah took Nabi out of the time and space. Subhanallah, asra bi abdihi. He took asra. Al Isra is night trip to travel at night. And Arabs used to do that, especially in summer, to avoid the hot scorching sun of Arabia. So they would travel at night, they know the roads, and then they would rest during the day. If it's very hot, usually in summer, rihlata saif, not rihlata shita, the summer journey. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took Nabi Sallallahu Now some there is disagreement, was the trip spiritual or was it physical? Well, what did I say earlier? Subhanallah, Allah is capable of everything. Sayyidina Imam ibn al-Qayyim, may Allah please uh, shower his blessings on him. Sayyidina ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he said, Allah said, bi'abdih. He didn't say bi'ruhi abdih. Abd means body and soul. And many scholars, some scholars said, no, it is only spiritual like a dream. 
but I am more inclined to the biggest possibility that Allah can take us. These days, people went to to planet to the moon, and now soon they're going to go to March. And why uh, uh, we're going to wait? You know, probably tens and tens of years until we go to March. People already booking tickets to go to March and to the moon. There will be, uh, you know, travel. And, and people haven't even seen the beautiful Earth, but they want to go see planets that have pro probably no life. You know, they're still looking if there is a sign of life. But people are willing to go. Allah took Nabi Sallallahu on that trip. Oh, do you tell me that NASA... And the Chinese space agency and the Russian space agency, they are more advanced and more capable than Allah. No, I remind you with about the very first word, Subhanalladi Asra. So that's why Allah started with the word Subhana. He took him from Jerusalem, from Mecca, Al Masjid Al Aqsa, the holy uh, and, 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 and the uh, sanctuary and the, and the sacred masjid in Mecca. To the sacred masjid. He called it masjid. He called it masjid. He called it temple or ma'bad. Masjid means place of sujood. Prophet Ibrahim, as the Bible mentions, you know, in Genesis, he used to fall on his face. Daniel, when he was taken with the Jews to by Abu Kanazar in, uh, in, uh, in uh, 386 uh, BC, they were taken to... Uh, Babylon to what is now Iraq and they were looking for Qibla and they faced Jerusalem for prayer that's why the Jews when they pray they face Jerusalem Muslims also used to face Jerusalem it's the Qibla oh, no it's a haram it is also a sacred place so Allah took him from a sacred place to a sacred place why Ah, he took him there. We know the story and you're going to read that. As I said, because of my time is limited, you will read that he led the Salat. He was taken in, in a very different um, transportation mean. And Nabi Sassim said, it's like a horse with wings and, and the, the head is different. So it's, it's like some uh, something maybe from Jannah. Maybe I, I'm, I'm looking, if you watch the movie Avatar, oh my God, what a beautiful movie. I had to watch it like more than once. Me and my kids are so beautiful. And actually it's a story of, of oppression and, and, and taking land by force from the people, you know. It sounds like Isra and Mi'raj somehow, you know. And he, in the movie, they, they're riding on these beautiful flying animals, you know, like Burak, subhanallah, subhanallah. You know, and this... Uh, uh, imagination of human beings, you know, is amazing. But in Jannah, we will have flying things, God knows. Amazing transportation. So let's call it transportation, Burak, with Jibreel, they reach in the same night. How long it took? No time. Speed of light, we don't know exactly, but the Nabi said it was very fast. But you could see things through caravans and see things. So he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, reached first time of course, he's going to lead the prayer. Where did Ibrahim and Ismail and, and Elias and, 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 and you know, uh, uh, Ayub and Yunus, where did they come from? Allah brought them, their souls. Did Allah? We don't know, but Allah brought them. 
he led them to show that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Imam Muttaqin, was Sayyid al-Mursaleen. He's Khatam al-Nabiyyin. He's the last messenger of Allah. He sealed the prophethood. This is what we Muslims believe. And then he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, of course, was offered by Sayyidina Jibreel, Alayhi Salam, two glasses, one or vessels. One had wine and one had milk. And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam chose milk over wine. This is the drink of the Ummah of Muhammad and also it symbolizes sincerity, uh, Tawheed, sincerity in worship. You know, this is very important. And then, briefly, there are other details. Let's leave them. You can read about them. He was taken up to heaven. Was it the first time that a prophet goes to heaven from Jerusalem? No, it was not the, the first time. You know, Isa السلام, already went from there. And Elijah, as the Christians believe, also went up to heaven from Jerusalem. So this is not the first time. As if Allah is taking a Nabi وسلم, all the way to Jerusalem to take the elevator to heaven. If you want to understand it that way. Now, let's go back to Abu Bakr. These details will come later. But Abu Bakr never heard that. He, radiallahu believed because he was a mu'min. He had not even a single doubt about the Prophet. He said, if he said it, he believes. And that's why Abu Bakr is called Sadiq. May Allah, may Allah, I ask Allah subhanahu wa to make us like Abu Bakr. It's impossible. And Nabi says, this is just to go back to lesson one and close lesson one. It says, لَوْضِعَ إِيمَانُ Abi Bakr. في كفة ووضع أمان إيمان هذه الأمة في كفة لا رجحت كفة أبي بكر الله أكبر that if the iman the faith of Abu Bakr is put on one scale and the iman of all the ummah in another scale that the iman the faith of Abu Bakr would outweigh it سبحان الله and we can read about سيدنا أبو بكر anybody who hates Abu Bakr hates us and everybody who loves Abu Bakr loves Rasulullah and loves us. We love Abu Bakr and we love his daughter, Sayyida Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her. And we are very upset with anybody saying anything bad about them. Lesson number one. Lesson number two is Jerusalem. Jerusalem, how significant? We said it's Ula al-Qiblatayn, Thalith al-Haramayn, first Qibla. And of course, he was changed when Nabi went to Medina. And then, of course, the sacred place it is sacred it's sacred actually for all the uh, religions uh, especially judaism christianity and islam but in islam the reference to jerusalem al-quds which in arabic means or hebrew qadash means the holy sacred place qiddis qudus qudus means taqdis means holiness sayyida maymuna just to tell you a little bit about we can go to jerusalem and not talk about it Sayyida Maymuna, she is the wife and also the cousin of Prophet Sallallahu Maymuna bint al-Harith. May Allah be pleased with her. She asked the Nabi Sallallahu about Bayt al-Maqdis. Ya Rasulallah, ma lana fi Bayt al-Maqdis? What do we, what is our duty towards Jerusalem? Look what he said. He said, i'tuhu fasallu fiyyi. You must go to it and pray in it. Because as the Nabi Sallallahu said, that Salat in Mecca, uh, Masjid al-Haram in Mecca, 
صلاه it is equals more than hundreds thousand salawat or salat in any masjid elsewhere and the masjid in Medina 1000 better than any other salat elsewhere and Beit al-Maqdis there is a narration 1000 there is a narration 500 500 times better than praying anywhere else so you know he said go and pray then she, he said but if you cannot and this is Nabi Sallallahu speaking and the narrator adds a narrator he added a comment he said and at that time there was war you know just before the Prophet before Islam and came to Jerusalem you know uh, there was war and oppression and that's why Muslims came to rescue the people in Sham and help them and they were actually invited to come to Jerusalem as you know and Sayyidina Abu Bakr, uh, Sayyidina Umar, uh, may Allah be pleased with him, he was given the keys to the city of Jerusalem. That's a different story but just to see the connection. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said فَإِلَّمْ تَسْتَطِيعُ narrator is telling us there was war and trouble at that time. فَبْعَثُوا بِزَيْتٍ يُسْرَجُ فِي قَنَادِيلِهِ Then make sure you send some oil to be used in the lamps to give light in the masjid. So send, meaning support the masjid al-Aqsa. Because to put light in a masjid is a great reward. Any masjid, whether your masjid in Winnipeg, you help pay the bill for electricity, or, or water or whatever, you know, especially these days in, 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 in pandemic, some people forgot the magic, they get used to Zoom and, and, and uh, you know, StreamYard and, uh, you know, all these uh, WebEx and all these uh, platforms for communication. But don't forget the masjid, even if it's closed. But we go back here, Masjid Al-Aqsa, at least send some oil to give light. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is telling us, and, uh, to who? Uh, uh. Then before that, another narration. He said, "Manafi b'malaksid." He said to her, "Ardul Mahshari wal Manshar." That is the land of resurrection, and that is the land where people will be resurrected and will be summoned. Summoned means they will be brought for the judgment. Subhanallah. Visit it, another narration. Of course, there are other traditions about the importance of Al Masjid Al Aqsa, and of course, in this it's enough. So that's lesson number two. Lesson number three. Why is Rasulullah going to go now to heaven? Why can't he just stay where he is? Now, and Nabi Sassam, just before that, he had what we call Ahamul Huzn. Many, many problems happened, as they say in Arabic. Subbat alayya masaibun, law subbat ala ayyami sirna layaliya. Too many masaib, too many problems. The death of his beautiful beloved wife after three years of embargo. 
في شعاب مكة in the valleys of مكة بنو هاشم they 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 the Meccans said no business with them no marriage no relationship don't talk to them three years even his uncle Abu Abu Talib was anybody from the Banu Hashim clan uh, you did not you were not allowed if you were in Mecca to talk to them and the allies of the people of Mecca uh, declaration was made do not do business with them if you don't want war with Quraysh if you want a good relationship if you want to come for Hajj if you want to do business in Mecca do not deal with the people so they isolated them in some valley around Mecca it's known where it is if you go between Mecca and Mina you could pass through it from uh, another road south of uh, Aziziyah so in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to who he said sorry he said sallallahu alayhi wasallam about uh, the um, the uh, the uh, embargo he sallallahu alayhi wasallam he was after three years he went to uh, after she died because she became sick Sayyida Khadija may Allah be pleased with her and she was not used to that kind of you know of hardship after three years she died then say then uh, the uh, Abu Talib the uncle of the Prophet died and Nabi now he had no protection except Allah's protection but you know in that culture you need the tribal support so of course then after all that hardship he went to his he started da'wah call to Islam outside Mecca. He goes to a Ta'if. I don't want to go through the story of Ta'if. You already know it. And the hardship and how they received him and stoned him, him and his uh, his uh, companions, uh, Sayyidina Zayd uh, ibn, uh, ibn Haritha. And of course, they were mistreated. And the hardship, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded him with this trip. It came as a gift, which takes us to lesson number three with every difficulty comes ease whatever we go through with difficulty definitely Allah will bring, bring ease even if difficulty is long Allah made it a rule that every time you will have difficulty you will have relief inshallah that's lesson number three Number four now, he sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I'm going through the what happened at the same time, trying to take lessons. Uh, very important to understand that Nabi Hashim is leader of all the prophets of all humanity. He led the salat. And then he starts visiting them every heaven and talking to them, including Musa alayhi salam. And the Nabi Hashim said, of course, in the hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, he said, when I came back, uh, when I went and I saw Musa alayhi salam. So, uh, in the hadith, sorry, the hadith of uh, Natan Bukhari, Tirmidhi and Darimi. Uh, he said, uh, the hadith of Jabir ibn Abdullah, he narrated that Umar ibn Khattab brought a copy of the Torah to the Prophet and said, O Messenger of Allah, O Messenger of Allah, this is a copy of the Torah. And of course, he asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is the book. Nabi sallallahu somehow wanted Muslims first focus on learning the Quran and revelation. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
remembered Musa alayhi salam when Sayyidina Umar brought this. And he said, May Allah preserve me from his anger and from the anger of his Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We accepted Allah as Lord and Islam as religion and Muhammad as prophet. Then the Prophet said, by the one who owns Muhammad's soul, if Musa السلام, appeared to you and you followed him and left me, you would go stray from the right path. And we were alive and reached the time of my prophethood, we would have followed me. So what Nabi is saying in this tradition that Musa السلام, is on the same path as Rasulullah that it is the Milla of Ibrahim السلام, and that even Musa, if he comes, he would follow the Prophet. But Musa is very important. One time, the, there was an argument between a Jewish man and a Muslim about who is better, Moses or Muhammad. And Nabi did not want this comparison. And this, that's why we read, Although the Prophet Sayyid al-Mursaleen, he was very humble. And he asked Muslims not to get into this comparing and this, my daddy is better than your dad or this. We believe in Musa. We are followers of Musa, but we are followers of Muhammad by following Muhammad All these prophets that the Nabi met. And the reason why this Salat in Jerusalem and talking to the prophets in this, in this ascension to affirm that Muhammad is on the path that the messenger, that's what we say, Sirat al-Ladina an'amta alayhim, ghayri al-maghdubi alayhim al-addalin, the path of those whom you blessed. Then the Nabi said, Wallahi, Allah, when the trumpet is blown on the Day of Judgment, people will wake up and everybody, and you will see Moses hanging on the throne of Allah's, you know, uh, throne of Allah, and people would wonder, would he spared from the, 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 the noise that the trumpet is going to make, or he woke up like everybody. So Musa was the person he met, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and then he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, went up. Now listen, number four or five, I lost the count. And Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, of course, is going to meet Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Jibreel, alayhi salam, told him, I stop here, you go ahead. And Nabi Shahim was surprised. Come with me. He said, no, I can't. So Nabi Shahim enters in a space. Sidrat al-Muntaha. You know, it's something amazing, which we, what we read earlier. These are the ayat in Surah Najm. That the basar, what the Rasul saw was the truth. Later, as Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim uh, speaks about this, they answer the question of, did, Allah, did the Prophet see Allah? This question I am asked usually, you know, uh, did Nabi see Allah? He was asked when he came back later, Ya Rasulullah, did you see Allah? He said, a beautiful answer. Anna li an arahu wa huwa nurun ala nur. 
How am I going to see him? How could I see him? And he is light upon light. So Nabi Azam saw the light of Allah, but he didn't, he it was, it was so overwhelming. It was beyond expression. Nabi Azam cannot express. He's so light upon light. He says, I was so overwhelmed with Allah. And he is a light upon light upon light. Think of this. Uh, uh, we don't want to give this example, but it's just a simple, just children sometimes when you give example, they understand. Sometimes you're driving and somebody puts the headlights. And the headlights, you cannot see anything. We don't like it. It's impolite. Somebody puts the headlights and could it could cause accident. Because the light is so, this is the light of a car, you know, and, and, and the light is so powerful, it's very rude to put a headlight when you're closed. People who are bad drivers, they don't care. So the headlight can cause accident. You so it covers your too much light, you cannot see. So Allah and Nabi saw so, so much light that you cannot tell. So if we in this life, in this dunya, and hashalillah, we don't compare. If I am so over, you know, whelmed with the light, I don't even know what brand of car is this. I cannot see the car, but too much light. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Nabi Sassam, then Allah, then he heard, As-salamu alayka ayyuhal Nabi, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, As-salamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi as-salihin, which we repeat in our daily mi'raj. Let's call it another lesson on the side, daily mi'raj, when we do tashahud salat, we remember the mi'raj. You know the story without going in details. Uh, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, of course, as we read, he went back, as he says, I went back. He said, I went back. Allah, uh, he was ordered salat, you know, salat. So think of this. And, and I, and I want to wrap up as soon as I can. Her Majesty, the Queen says, uh, Maryam, let's say Maryam, Maryam with us here. She's our MC today. And she says, Maryam, she didn't come to Maryam and give her a gift or she sent an emissary to Maryam. And when he knocked the door, Maryam, Her Majesty, the Queen would like to see you. And of course, private jet all the way to where the Queen is or the King and she travels the speed of light. She's treated like a royalty. And then, then she reaches the king and the king give her a nice gift. Why didn't the king or the queen send the gift to Maryam right in Winnipeg through UPS or FedEx? Because it's a very precious, special gift. That is Salat that Allah gave Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So lesson number five or six. Allah has given us a precious gift, but some of us, alhamdulillah, are holding to it and we pray, but some of us, we put it in the basement, we only open it in Ramadan, and some of us don't even open it, they just pray when somebody dies, you know, or it happens that they go to the masjid, but they never pray. Salat is part of Islam. He made it 50, then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam up and down, going back to Musa, as he says, when I came back to Musa, he said, what have you been ordered? I replied, he said, I have been ordered to observe, you know, 50 Salat. He told him, no, 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 no. Go up and ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Back and forth, back and forth, until he says, I've been ordered five prayers. He said, Sayyidina Musa Alaihi said, and the, the word said, hunna khamsun wa hunna khamsun. They are five, but they are 50, meaning 
five in action but 50 in reward another gift was given to the ummah of muhammad that night if you do any good deed it's going to be recorded 10 times so he in spite of that look what musa said to nabi your followers cannot bear live prayers a day he cannot bear to pray five prayers a day they cannot do these five prayers a day and no doubt i have got an experience with the of the people before you and i have tried my 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 level best you know so go back to your lord and ask him for reduction to reduce to lessen your followers burden nabi said i have requested so much of my lord that i feel shy you know but i am satisfied now and surrender to allah's order then he said when i left i heard a voice saying i have passed my order and i have lessened the burden of my worshipers you can read this in sahih al-bukhari so this was a gift the gift of 10 good deeds the isra and mi'raj story we can talk all day it's very long but again uh, he saw jannah he saw the rewards of jannah he saw the rivers of jannah he saw the punishment in jahannam sallallahu he saw many things we cannot actually go over them but bottom line is it was a, 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 a journey that should be and should remain as a lesson for us and alhamdulillah i'm sure you'll have more sessions but please remember these lessons lessons about abu bakr lessons of the value of jerusalem lessons of the prophet and his value as being the last messenger lessons of of salat and why we should take care of it and it's a precious gift lessons of of course our relationship with the with musa and isa and all the prophets we muslims we believe in all the prophets of allah lessons of the of course of 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 of, uh, of the the good deeds it's easy every good deed sayyidina ibn abbas reported that rasulullah said allah writes the good deed when you do it 10 times if you do one it's 10 if you intend to do good you don't do it still writes it one good deed if you do bad deed if you intend to do bad deed and you don't do it you get hasana and if you intend to do bad deed and you do it is sayyah so three times as imam nawawi says look how allah is so gracious and kind that 75 percent of the cases you are always making reward it's a great an opportunity it was a pleasure uh, to talk to you about this topic we're always excited to talk about isra and mi'raj may allah reward you and i'm looking forward to any questions and i have just warned you maghrib salat here is almost time but let me know inshallah if there are any questions maryam all right jazakallah khair and dr Slimi for that great speech um so we'll now be moving on to the Q&A, like you said. So anybody who has a question, you can type it in the comments and uh, I can read them out for Dr. Sleeming to answer. So I have one question. Um, can you give like some brief examples of things that uh, we, can, we learned from heaven and hell um, about heaven and hell from the prophet's journey uh, okay i'll give you uh, one example and nabi saw him in uh, he was he was with jibreel and then he saw a bull a huge bull you know 
And this ball came out from a very small hole. It's a small, like a very tiny hole. So the, the ball came out. And then, uh, and then he was trying to go back. After he came out, wanted to go back in the hole. And then he asked Jibreel, what is this bull? He told him, this is the bad word that a human being, a person says, it comes out but can never go back. This is one of the things. He saw a man with a huge belly having difficulty walking. Every time he makes a step, he falls. He asked, who is this man? He said, this man in dunya, he used to eat up usury, riba. You know, taken from the poor. People borrow money from him and they can't pay him back and he keeps charging them usury. That's why in Islam and also in the other, uh, the people of the books of religion, you're not allowed to, to eat up interest. It's haram. This is one of the views. Uh, in Jannah, he saw uh, beautiful, beautiful places. And he says, I can't describe to you. We don't have similar things here in dunya to tell you. But it's uh, beautiful clothes, beautiful mansions, beautiful food, beautiful people. Everything is, and it's not, it's not sunny, hot. It's not dark. It's not dependent on some sun movement. There is enough light, too much light, but not a light that is too overwhelming. It's very green and beautiful and trees. And Ibrahim told him, this Jannah is so beautiful. And the trees to plant the trees is subhanallah. Alhamdulillah. La ilaha illallah. Allahu Akbar. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah al He said that in Jannah people don't get angry. Don't get hungry. Don't feel sad. There is nothing to worry about. In Jannah, all the people same age, 33 years old. If you were father and, and son or mother and daughter here, there you are all same age. Those who are brothers and sisters, siblings in this life, there they are not. You're tested in this life with your sister or brother or father or mother or son or daughter. It's a test. How are you going to treat? But there, me and Maryam and Malik and, 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 and uh, Idris and so on, we're all same. You know, we're all the worshippers of Allah. And of course, uh, in Jannah, there is a beautiful market. People go there on Friday uh, and they meet. Uh, so many good things. You can read inside Bukhari, many traditions. Okay, be careful. Some of them are weak. People added to encourage people. We, there was enough inside. Read Bukhari, Muslim, it's enough for you. And Tirmidhi and Abu Dawud, Sunan, it's enough, inshallah. Thank you for that. Uh, we have a question from CT. It says, how is the location of Al-Aqsa Mosque known to the companions when they opened Jerusalem at the time of Umar radiallahu anhu? Uh, it's known, Masjid, uh, Masjid Al-Aqsa is not the Dome of the Rock. It's the one where people pray now, Jumu'ah and Salat. So there is the Dome of the Rock and Masjid Al-Aqsa and then the Qibla. So this one here, the building, this the rectangular building, that is a Masjid Al-Aqsa. But all around it, because when it's full, they used to pray outside. There were many renovations, 
including the the uh, Abdul Malik ibn Marwan, the Umayyad uh, king, if you want to say, or Khalifa. He actually did the Dome of the Rock, as we know it, the golden. But the Masjid al-Aqsa itself, there is the level there, there is underground. That Masjid al-Aqsa itself is not the Dome of the Rock, but part of the area, the courtyard, is all considered Masjid al-Aqsa. Thank you for that. Uh, we have another question from Bayan. Uh, it says, is it bid'ah to celebrate Isra and Mi'raj? Um, no, uh, bid'ah if you do something that is not in the deen. What are we doing today? Are we, uh, we are commemorating because we human beings, uh, we have a calendar. So in the calendar, there are different events. We can't celebrate all the events at the same time. So what Muslims did, after the Prophet ﷺ, after the Sahaba, they started recording the Seerah. This happened in Mi'raj, in, in Rabi' al-Awwal, this happened, this. So long as you don't do anything, we're not doing any new worship, Bid'ah, Nabi ﷺ says in the Hadith of Aisha, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَنَ لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرًا Whoever does something in our Amrina, Amrina means in the religious things, worship. For instance, somebody comes and says, you know what, uh, I can do more than four rak'ahs dhuhr. I'm going to from now on do eight. Definitely bid'ah. It will be rejected. Somebody says, you know what, I will start now, from now on, uh, I will pray Fajr, you know, at 7 a.m. Fixed, I'll fix it. That is bid'ah. Or I will fix Maghrib every day because there were some groups who fixed Fajr at 7 a.m., Maghrib at 7 p.m. or something like that. No, you can't do that. The, you have to go base. In summer, it's early uh, for a Fajr uh, and Maghrib is late. In winter, it, Fajr is late and Maghrib is early. I've been in Manitoba. You had issues with timing and this because you're closer to North Pole compared to us. So the day shorter in, in winter and longer in summer. So all these issues, but you cannot, you can adjust, you can, but you cannot bring new things. So it's not a bid'ah. A bid'ah is to say, we must celebrate Isra and Mi'raj, and if we don't do it, we, we are going to be punished. That is bid'ah. But studying and learning, we are supposed to, uh, so Muslim scholars encourage people to have times. Sometimes we talk about Hajj. We talk about Hijra in beginning of New Year because we can bring all the events and study them in one time. It is easy for the Ummah, for the people, for the common man to once in a while, seasonally, it's okay, nothing wrong. We don't say specifically it was on this day or that we cannot confirm it was on the 27th of Rajab. And some people may do some specific rituals only on that. Then then becomes questionable. But we're doing commemorating, nothing wrong with that, alhamdulillah. All right, thank you for that. Um, I had another question. What is the burak like? Can you tell us a little bit about it? In the in the tradition of the Prophet ﷺ, in the hadith, it describes it like an animal. The size of a mule, you know, horse, something like that. Nobody really, uh, there were pictures, not in the Sunni uh, Islam, as if you can say, or Sunni Muslims did not do that picture. But uh, in the in the tradition that uh, Sahaba described in the Hadith, uh, you have Hadith in Bukhari and others. They basically, uh, you know, uh, talk about Burak, which is uh, uh, has like a human head, 
and uh, and uh, and the uh, and has a, the body of a mule or a horse you know so basically there are many definition uh, many descriptions we don't really have an accurate accurate description of of al-buraq i would read the sahih al-bukhari when the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said it it was um, it was uh, when jibril came of course uh, and buraq was a white animal he said smaller uh, it's smaller than a mule and bigger than a donkey so around like a mule you know uh, and 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 nabi sallallahu wrote and there aren't really many hadiths to tell us that they, you can check some hadiths that go that they had a human head and i i don't want to get into that because honestly these are ghaibi things but it was described because sometimes people have misused this and make it sound like a fairy tale it's some creation that we haven't seen in this existence i would leave it there yes sister thank you very much for that um i'm with Dries, uh wrote a comment just he would like to thank you uh, for joining us and I am not getting any more questions so I think we can end it off here and I'd like to say Jazakallah Khair and Dr. Slimi for taking time out of your day to talk to us about this um, and Jazakallah Khair and everyone for tuning in and asking all these wonderful questions. Thank you and my, my salam to all the uh, the brothers and sisters in Winnipeg and may Allah bless you and keep you stronger inshallah keep the spirit of the youth I'm very glad to see the youth are involved and engaged inshallah with difficulty will come ease and let's remain optimistic our religion is all about optimism and always thinking for uh, Allah subhanahu wa intervention and help Jazakumullah khairan Assalamu alaikum Wa alaikum